calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of bonus content here on The Geek Buddies. Hey! Today we're talking, as you saw, you clicked on it, you're like, they're going to talk about The Mandalorian? Yes, we are. We're going to spoil The Mandalorian, first episode, rather, a spoiler review of it. Uh, I am John Roca. I am Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. And uh, we are super excited to talk about this. All of us, I think, have been looking forward to The Mandalorian and wondering if it was going to be as good as we hoped from the trailers so, this is from director John, uh, director Dave Filoni, writer John Favreau, starring Pedro Pascal. Maybe. He never took his helmet off. Nick Nolte. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Um, Horatio Sands. Horatio Sands. How about Horatio Sands? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. And Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Bounty hunting is a tough business. And um, a, a, a couple of skinny guys playing stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah. I like that they looked a little malnourished. And an IG unit. Shout oh. out. Um, IG-11. I was IG-11, right. So, okay. So, thoughts. Overall thoughts. Gentlemen, please. Go for it. I mean, it's great. I think it's like... <laughs> it sounds like... Well, there sounds, you go. Thanks for listening. Sounds like... Under- <laughs> so, that's it. That's the review, everybody. Uh, it, it, it's just weird to... I remember... Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, when 
it was first rumored that George Lucas wanted to do a live action Star Wars TV show. Right. And I remember all the discussions around how the hell can you even do that? Yeah. And this was before streamers were spending the money they were spending, of course. But like this whole concept of you just can't do a TV show that has that level of production value. And so to watch a TV show that has that level of production value, right. just it just blew me away. Yeah, I just wonder if, like, Rome was the one that the first series people were like, whoa, three million an episode? What are you talking about? Yeah. And it was in conjunction with the BBC and all that. I think the BBC or British production company, like, okay. But then you look at this and you're like, oh, this is, you know, other than the, whatever the blurgs were, those things were. The, blur- the blurred sequence, I thought the, the CGI was not awesome. I would agree with that. Um, I also think that this is the scope of a television show. Mm. I think you could tell that they they obviously had to scale down a little bit. Um, those were the two things that stood out to me because I don't, I really liked it, but those were the things in the moment I'm like, ah, okay, that's right. It's not, really? it's not the movie. It felt to me like a Star Wars story. Like, like we had gotten with uh, uh, Rogue One and we'd gotten with Solo. More of a smaller scope, but not necessarily a sacrifice of uh, quality. I think I'm saying scope production-wise, okay. not story-wise. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, but it's the same as, like, look, Game of Thrones notwithstanding, like, when you look at Game of Thrones Season 1 versus Game of Thrones Season 8, mm. I mean, look, Game of Thrones is the, is the show where uh, Tyrion Lannister went in to go for an epic battle, and we saw him get knocked out, and then we went with him, and he woke up when the battle was over because right. they couldn't afford it. I mean, this... or because they're crappy writers. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, shots early. We didn't know we were cra- we didn't know they were crappy writers till way later than that. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just saying that like I, I like I, I think that, and I think maybe this is what Johnny's reacting to. You're saying. Uh, television production value as if that is a negative whereas I think in mm. the case of this story and the show it was a positive yeah I think that I think that they used the fact that it was a television show to tell a smaller story in a smaller way that still managed to have I mean I just love the fact that we're talking about a TV show and we're like I mean it was kind of a TV production value where you know the giant sea monster crashed out of the ice and ate the spaceship yeah yeah. Like, that is a level of production value that's still pretty high for television. I didn't bring that sequence up. Like, Game of I'm Thrones. I'm saying in general, though. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that I said it as a negative. I said it as sort of a, it was a clarifier for me. Mm. Like, oh, that's right. This this is what this is going to be. I'm not going to not watch the second episode. I was just right. like, oh, that's, okay, let's, let's, this is where we're setting the bar now. Okay. What about the overall? See, but, okay. oh, I didn't say like, lower. I said set. Like, when you say this is where we're setting the bar. Yeah, it kind of implies like, this lower. is lower. This is high-level television. The bar was never up. I was trying to figure out where to put it. Is Game of Thrones the bar? Like, what is the bar for? Like, what's yeah, the, what's the bar? What's the, what's the TV show that you're like, holy hell, I can't believe this is television? The I mean, Game of Thrones season seven, season right. six, that, would, that, would, that is probably the most money that I've seen put on screen for a television series. Like Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards, The Loot Train. Oh, The Loot Train. Right. Those, those two sequences. Right, and granted, cool. those are sequences. Th- mm. Those are what? A, an eight, nine-minute 10-minute sequence right, in right, right. a season but of, I, of 10 episodes. But I also think this is on purpose, and because it is, it feels like an old-school Western. Yeah, it feels like a spaghetti Western. Right, like a spaghetti Western. So you're going to have the... Right, all these like panoramic shots, singular guy walking I like, in. I like that for you. I like that for you. The panoramic shot actually has the wind, and of you course. gave the wind to our audience right now. It doesn't, it doesn't work you know, without it's got, it. You know, you just got this panoramic shot. His cape is flapping in the wind. That's good. It's perfect. 
<laughs> anyway, I loved it, the, the beginning of it all. Plus, uh, you know, the, it feels sparse, the world, but it feels so lived in and like just there. Yeah. They're not going out of their way to present the world to you. The world is this. You're coming into seeing it at this moment and what's happening around it. I, I What I appreciated about it very much was this is a to your point this is a lived in Star Wars universe and it's a lived in Star Wars story and we don't need to know yeah like we're all geeks and we've been reading about this forever so we know that this takes place 11 years after Return of the Jedi like is that what how many years Uh, I didn't hear a number but it takes it takes place after Return of the Jedi yeah and we know all this but like that doesn't matter to this story this story is just about a bounty hunter I mean literally here's a bounty hunter he shows up he kicks some ass. Yeah. He gets his bounty. He delivers his bounty. He gets another bounty, and he goes there. Yeah. That is the extent of what happens in this. And within that, you are sort of immersed in this Star Wars universe. And because yeah. we see the stormtrooper, because uh, you know Werner Herzog, I can't do it as well as you guys do. Yeah. Uh, is clearly some kind of imperial. Mm. representative of some shape like there's a lot of questions that are going to contextualize the star wars universe yeah. there's a lot of context there's a lot of uh that we're going to get into about mandalore uh but like for now it was such a simple yeah. western story that was amazing I yeah saw, yeah i was yeah. confused by people who said they were bored i saw someone on social media they were bored i'm like what are you talking about i was absolutely thrilled seeing new characters new species seeing new interactions you know and he is exactly what they pitched him to be he is a gunslinger. He is a lone guy collecting bounties. He's the outlaw. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the okay. outlaw. All right. Too far. Too <laughs> all I could think of. All I could think of the whole time is a bunch of people sitting around a room going, "Man, you know that whole Boba Fett thing? Like when they made him a clone and the the child of a clone? Like they really just sort of messed that up? Like if we could just get back to Empire Boba Fett and yeah. tell those stories, I guess we can't. You know that's gone." Well, what if we just did another person and just like told the Boba Fett stories that we always wanted to tell? And that, like, just watching this, yeah. even though I understand that this is a different Mandalorian, like, he is a Mandalorian, first of all, and we're going to get a different Mandalorian yeah. story. Uh, all I could think of watching him is like, yeah, this is the Boba Fett that everybody wanted. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting also the lack of safety regulations in a post Empire world. You don't want to be in a uh, iris closing door. No. <laughs> um, at the beginning where the guy gets yeah. sliced in half. Oh, I know. Yeah. And there's a reason why they said, you know, open the blast door. Yeah. Because apparently point. those things don't stop. Nope. Did, you, did you like the Horatio Sands sequence at the beginning there? The, he, he's the guy voicing over the, the blue dude. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I could have dealt with it. I could I could have used a different actor. Oh, wow. Pers- really? Personally. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I think you're setting up. I mean, I understand why they did it, that they have a little bit of levity yeah. um, in this very kind of dark, mm-hmm. darker world. I could have been fine with someone who was a, played it a little more, okay. less, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say necessarily played it comedically, yeah. but he played it um, light. Okay. Did you like seeing everybody in the... Um, Carbonite? Awesome. Carbonite? Yeah. Awesome. Did you I guess love- anybody? I loved. Uh, I just. I loved all the Star Wars nods. Yeah. Uh, uh, even Horatio Sands' character mention, mentions Life Day. Yes. <laughs> which made me laugh out loud. I was like, "What?" Life Day for those that are not aware is Fair the enough. celebration that the Wookiees celebrate yes. instead of Christmas in the Star Wars Christmas special <laughs> that nobody will ever see because they try and hide it away because it's so awful. That's right. But it does have B. Arthur. It in does it. have B. Arthur. Um, and Nick Nolte's uh, Ugnot character. I love that Nick Nolte thing. Yeah, I thought he was. I have was... spoken, Reggie. 
Uh, I the uh, I forget what Salacious Crumbs oh, yeah. alien species is name is. Kawakian? Kawa- Kawa- yeah, something like Kawaiian, that. Kawaiian, Kawaiian, Kawaiian monkey or something like see that. See one of them on a spit. You see one of them on a spit and another one <laughs> just staring. Another at one him. staring at him, ready to go on the spit. Uh, Keep making you laugh, jokes. So yeah, you just like there was so many, and this is what Filoni does so well in Clone Wars as well. Is like there's just so many like just in the no Star Wars moments that aren't hitting you over he- over the head. They're not trying to give you a wink and a nod like they're not trying to put a spotlight on hey guys it's star wars it's just there for you yeah. that just makes it all feel star wars yeah, yeah. and i thought that was great i don't disagree i, I liked uh that there's mystery to this guy to more than just um you know because initially he's presented to us as this kind of like hardened bounty hunter guy and then that sequence where he brings i can't remember what the credit is that he gets from your uh from uh Werner herzog Brings it in to get it melted down to that British. Oh, the, the girl. best car. The best car. Yeah, yeah. best car um, steel. You get to the flashbacks to him being a which kid, is, which is I'm not sure what it's tied to, but it's tied yeah. to that's Mandalore's. The, yeah, that's the Mandal. That's the material that the Mandalorians Arm. used to make out of their for yeah. their yeah. armor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but seeing the flashbacks of him being a child, yep. taking it. So does that mean the Mandalorians are full of children who are you kind of like find themselves into this situation? Well, or whatever. Well, it seemed like that was probably because if you looked on the actual piece, the 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 piece of uh, Beskar steel, like yeah. the, Imperial the Imperial insignia had been stamped into oh, it. Right. So that kind of leads us to believe that they invaded Mandalore yeah. and took this precious metal. Well, right. I mean, particularly because Dave Filoni is uh, directing here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and definitely had a hand in the creation of this whole story. I mean, we know that the, the empire, uh, occupied Mandalore. Right. I mean, during the clone war, like Mandalore was a planet that was a warlike planet that basically ravaged itself to the point that when the clone wars happened, uh, Duchess Satine declared neutrality and they didn't take a side in the clone wars. And then, uh, Darth Maul and his brother Savage Opress ended up sort of taking over Mandalore. Right. Um, and it was all, and there was the, uh, deaths, deaths. Death, Death Guild, I think the Death Guild, okay, uh, were like sort of the sort of more warlike people that didn't want Mandalore to be a peace-like place, right? Uh, and then after everything happened in the Clone Wars, the Empire did occupy Mandalore and kind of took it over and actually had this uh, Mandalorian armor uh, seeking weapon mm. that kind of kept the Mandalorians down. And then in Star Wars Rebels, uh, Sab- Sabine, yes, yeah, yeah. uh, actually led a group of Mandalorian, uh, the Death Guild, whatever they're, if it's not Death Guild, it's close to that, mm-hmm. and helped them sort of kick the Empire out, right, in Star Wars Rebels. This is when she got the Darksaber, and, yeah, and the dar- whoever owns the, who has the Darksaber is the leader of Mandalore, and right. I forget the woman's name, but she's uh, Satine's sister, right, uh, who ultimately becomes the new leader of Mandalore. I think so, that was Katie Sackhoff who voiced that. I think, I think so, think yeah. So, yeah. So, there's a little bit of Star Wars history for hey, you, but, but the point being that. That is all sort of known from the animation side. Like there is mm-hmm. a very Mandalore, both in Clone Wars and in Rebels, plays a major part in both stories. Yeah. And Dave Filoni is sort of the architect of all of that. So what I was excited looking at this when they kind of mentioned that, that like this was important and talking about the foundlings and talking about what's going to mm-hmm. happen is I feel like we're going to get a lot of that Mandalorian history. Mm-hmm. Uh brought to life in live action and become fully canon in a yeah. really cool way. Yeah. Uh, did you, what were the aqua credits? What were those credits? The other ones, the, those Mon Calamari. Yeah. That was yeah. Mon Calamari. Those currency. are like, uh, Akbar stuff, right? Yeah. The Mon Calamari stuff. Okay, great. Yeah. What was the credits that he wouldn't take? What were those credits? Imperial. Imperial, Imperial credits. So they're not worth anything, right? They're not worth anything anymore right. because the empire is dead. That's true. These are, it's, so it occurs to answer your question, Mike, it occurs nine years, nine years, nine years, ABY. So four years, five years after the end of return of the Jedi 
and 25 years before uh, The Force Awakens. ABY is after Battle of Yavin, yeah, for anyone you. who is curious. Well, <laughs> you... I will say kudos to Favreau for essentially, I mean, I I think eventually, obviously, Pascal's going to take the helmet off. But, you know, having a lead, especially in your first episode, that has no facial expressions. I mean, everything that when he and IG-11 are talking back and forth, I'm like, wow, this scene, the comedic moments could have been funnier if he had his helmet off so we could actually see his expressions. But he did such a great job with his voice when he kept saying, I'm going to self-destruct, I'll self-destruct. I mean, kudos to Favreau because I would think under normal circumstances... um, a studio or a network would not let you get away with that. Was that Favreau who was voicing it over? Who was doing the... No, IG? that was Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi doing Taika IG? Waititi yeah. is IG-11. That was great. That was Taika, great. And I hope that either IG-11 comes back or we're just going to get other IGs. Right. And I hope it's all Taika Waititi because, right. God, he was funny. Yes, he was funny. <laughs> uh, and not funny in a Korg and Thor kind of way right, where you're right, kind of like right. really on the nose funny, but just a really kind of... Like the number of times he said he was going to self-destruct. Yeah. Um, but Shannon, to your point about Pedro Pascal, not only was his vocal performance great, but there mm. was a lot of really subtle uh, mask acting. Yeah. Like when you watch it, like just like little kind of head tilts and stuff like that that really kind of landed the comedy since you didn't have the expressions. Um, and yeah, so speaking of IG-11, though, this whole that was great kind one. of like team up at the end where it's, they kind of took on all of those guys to get to the bounty. Yeah. It, it, looked, it looked like a Mexican town. It and looked you've like a seen Mexican town. This thing before. It was the classic Western, yeah. like, you know, shoot 'em up. The two of them working together was great. They actually made a great team. Yes, it was they did. It kind of hilarious to watch them together. Right. You got these badass moments. It was fun. Yeah. And then let's just talk about the bounty. Well, <laughs> hold on. One more thing. I thought it was brilliant of either Filoni or Favreau. When that guy falls off the roof, when he says up, it's the old sound cue from the Westerns when they used to fall off the roof. Oh, is it really? Yes. And so when I heard it in my headphones, I was like, Hurr! Actually, hey, speaking of that, before we get to the yeah. bounty, another, another thing that I was thinking while I watched this was it. it's interesting to me. There's a whole bunch of people that love Star Wars yeah, yeah. who will go and take Star Wars as the source material and try and make something that feels like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. Like it's like it feels like a space movie, but sometimes it doesn't catch that Star Wars essence. Mm-hmm. And you're like, huh? It has all the pieces. Why doesn't it feel like Star Wars? And what's great about Favreau and what's great about Filoni is they get what Star Wars is, yeah. but they also love spaghetti westerns. Yes, yeah. and that is such a piece of Star Wars. And you can tell by watching this that they're going right back to the source mm-hmm. uh, in Ludwig Göransson's score. Oh my god, that score was incredible! Uh, in in the stuff that you're talking about, yeah. which I didn't know, but like the you know the sound cues and stuff, yep. like the fact that this feels like a small town that some gunslingers come into. Like yeah. this is spaghetti western. This is Kurosawa. This right. is all that stuff, and that's why it feels like Star Wars because they actually understand the source material below the source material. Right. And I think that's the frustrating part about Star Wars fans sometimes they forget how much of this is based on the Kurosawa stuff, on the samurai stuff. On, like the wipes are all from Kurosawa. Yeah. It's a, all of that. So it's frustrating to me that sometimes people try to put Star Wars in a highfalutin place when it actually belongs down here on the ground with all these kind of spaghetti type of westerns. You know, yes, it's an epic story about two sons and blah blah blah. But it's also based. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah I mean just the mythology. I mean all just the Joseph Campbell hero with a thousand faces. Blah, 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 blah. All those twelve steps or whatever. That is. <laughs> but like, but but you got to base it in something like really. You got to uh, uh, ground it rather in something that feels lived in and, yeah. and 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 a little at times cheesy so to me it always frustrates me the star wars fans like oh it looks you know rah. we've talked a lot about this what is star wars going to be post the skywalker saga yeah, yeah, what yeah. is the star like and 
this almost is like the answer to not that the, not that this is the only way to tell a Star Wars story, right, right. but like this has no Jedi in it. This has no right. Skywalkers in it. it. Has no lightsabers. You don't even mention Jedi. Didn't even miss it. And this feels like a universe that I just want to spend forever in. Yeah, agreed. And it was it was great. Well, let's get to the bounty. The big Ooh, big yeah. reveal so, at the so, end. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm turning the lights so, on too. So the Imperials uh, tell him that. There's a bounty. They won't tell him anything about it. And they say that it's a 50-year-old. Yeah. And they go and they find this bounty. And yeah. it is a baby Yoda. It's a baby Yoda. What is it? Lannick? Is that what their species There's is called? No, nobody knows. Yeah. There's no... I don't know where you got that Nobody. From. Nobody knows really? what their species is. Yeah. It's right. literally... In a, in a world where everything has been explained and named and gone into excruciating detail on, like... There's no information. There's Yoda, and I guess, and I didn't even know this, but I guess in the prequels there's a Yaddle. Episode yeah, Yaddle. one with yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people are claiming that's that's Yaddle. Well, it couldn't be. It that, can't be that, that it's a that, no. That, that's a Yaddle. I'm sorry. That that's a Yaddle. Of, of, of is it a female Yoda? Is that what that is? Well, no. Yoda's his name, and Yaddle's right. her Yaddle name. Was it's her not. Name. It's not right. male female. So, so you don't think it's a you don't think it's Yaddle. Well, it can't be. be Yaddle. Yaddle lived a long time ago. Oh, Yaddle's, so in, Yaddle's in episode one. Well, I was told they age differently than others. They don't age backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 not a ben, it's not a Benjamin Button situation. Fair, fair enough. So what do we think is here? Who do we think is what? What do we think is what's the I mean, importance I of this? That's, that's, I mean, I think that it was. it's a great thing. It's a great idea to do because it's like it's so – like, I mean, the whole time I was sitting there going, okay, well, I had read that there's going to be some big yeah. thing that's going to be revealed – and I'm like, God, who could this bounty be? And it's like right. 50 years old. So, is it somebody from like that we thought was dead? That's not. Is it gonna? Is Jimmy Smith's gonna show up as Bail Organa? You like? I mean, like, <laughs> like looking just, exactly oh, the same. Like looking the same as he's looked in every movie. But like, you know, I just couldn't figure out what was gonna be that big reveal of a character that was sort of tied to the bigger story. Yeah. And this is not a character that's tied to the bigger story, but the idea of a Yoda species yeah. uh, you know so a lot of the talk online that even though everything that we've learned about the force doesn't say this because the only two characters of this species that we've ever seen are super powerful super powerful yeah, yeah, jedi yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh you know is this be- is this baby important baby this 50 year old baby important because they're looking for a way to tip the scales this is, yeah this yeah. is this is a force baby is there something else that's important about it like is you know are these are you know are yoda species Ooh. super rare um, is this the last member of the species? Is this the last huh? member of the species? Yeah. So there's a lot that's going to be really interesting. And also, Ooh, the la- who exactly wants it? Yeah. Because there's also, at this point in Star oh, Wars history, point. there's sort of the very beginnings of a, a, a splintering of the Empire. Because right. there is the there is the Empire that signs the treaty with the New Republic that is sort of the defanged Empire mm-hmm. that plays, that quote-unquote plays nice. Uh and a lot of those people ultimately become part of the New Republic faction that uh, is as secretly wanting to bring mm. the Empire back. And then there's a splinter group that goes off and hides far, far away that ultimately becomes the beginnings of the First Order. And so, right. uh, you know, what part of the Empire is this? Why do they want... Like, there's just yeah. so many questions that I think are going to be so rich to delve into the Star Wars universe for. And, like, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, like, if this happens... Like, this is an interesting time to set it in. Because you're right. Like, where does this... Who is after this? What do they want to do with it? And does this make the Mandalorian now? What is his uh, role in the whole situation? Because he kills that IG unit when it wants to kill the baby. Well, <clears throat> and kind of again to your point, yeah. to getting to back to those like those classic samurai stories or yes. those classic Western. This is stories, Lone Wolf and Cup. This is this is a very classic. Like yeah. I'm the big bad guy. Uh, I've got a kid. Yeah. People want to kill the kid. 
my job is to just do this. I just do my job, but now I'm not going to do my job. Right. Uh, like this is just the most classic Western slash samurai story you've ever seen. Absolutely. But we just get to see it on a Star Wars scale with a guy in Mandalorian armor with a Yoda baby. Yeah. Like that's crazy. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm excited about because it was like as soon as it was – and as we're talking about it, it occurs to me if this is Lone Wolf and Cub and this is what their basis is. And for those of you who don't know, Lone Wolf and Cub was uh, a series that was out in Japan as a comic book series for a long time and then uh, was in movies as well, which you can get on Criterion. You can see the different adventures they go on. It's a it's a, a a Ronin samurai with his son and the numerous adventures they go on trying to avoid getting caught or getting involved in situations trying to right wrongs and things of that of that nature. So if this is where it goes, I am super excited to see what they do with it. And dead air. So what do you want to say? I was waiting for Shannon. I felt yeah. like I, I feel like I've been nerding out about Star Wars no, so much great. over here. I was waiting for Shannon to say something. Well, yeah, say no. something, Shannon. Well, I was thinking. Of, well, I mean, I, I agree with all of what you're saying, but I'm also focusing on the things that I really focus in on, which is yeah. the action. And I love just the efficiency of the way an IG unit oh, yeah. fights. How you you know you think about how a, a human or a humanoid species how you have to pivot back and forth, and how all it has to do it has a 360 range of motion with its head, right. and how its arms just go back and forth back like. Everything, the thought that went into that, because as far as I know, have we seen an IG unit fight in the Clone Wars or not in Rebels? I don't think. Not I Rebels. don't think we ever have. I think yeah. in video games we have. Yeah, but I, I don't mean, think they, but I don't think they fought that cool in the video games. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I mean, we've only ever seen uh, you know IG eighty eight is another one of those great characters that was just sort of standing there in Empire yeah. that became its own sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I really hope we have not seen the last of IG eleven. I think I think we haven't seen the last of an IG unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah How about yeah. that? You like, think this particular IG eleven is maybe? I mean, six I think feet I under. think they're, they're, it's it's one of two things. Either IG eleven gets brought back and gets and fixes himself or whatever. Yeah, and is pissed off about the headshot, or mm. the running gag will be. And then we get IG-22 and IG-33 and IG-44 right. and IG-55. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, it's a it's a running gag in what, the show. And what if it downloads the memory of the previous IG yeah, that gets like, killed? And it's like, oh! <laughs> Either way, I have, a feeling, I have a feeling that's not done yet. Yeah. I liked the humor mixed in with the serious uh, aspects of it all. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that it took its time. I, I was not bored at all. And then watched it all over again. Like, I really, just as soon as it was done... I looked over to my girlfriend. She was still asleep. I'm like, start it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's 38 minutes. I have no complaints about a 38-minute show. And if, and if all of them are 40 minutes, I'll have zero complaints because it left me wanting more, got the point across, I was entertained, and I was interested, and it left me with questions wanting to know more. And yeah. I think that's what you want. No, it, 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 it's a great thing where you have something that can – create this amount of discussion yeah. about what's going to come next while at the same time being a perfectly simple story. Yeah. It's simple. It's straightforward. And there's just so much there. Uh, do you have any uh, criticisms of the show besides well, clearly the Mr. Scope? Set the bar over here. Well, I should be allowed to speak his piece. You know? <laughs> do you have any other criticisms of the show? No, everything, everything aside what I mentioned, and I don't say those as I wasn't criticizing the right, show. Right, right, it was, right. it was a, it was a clarification of the show. Doesn't like um, Last Jedi. Doesn't like Mandalorian. Well, look, I'm in. I'm in the camp of the general. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoyed all of it. I can't. I, I at first I was upset. I'm like, God, I would love to just watch the whole thing because I yeah. don't watch the whole thing. Yeah. But I like that we're having to wait for it now. Disney's not even released. Like I only I was signing up for Disney Plus this morning to watch it, and I got an alert for an email because I'm on the list, and I got the screener for free. So they're not giving out a bunch of episodes. No. 
They're, they didn't. They gave us all the Disney Plus screeners before, like last week or two weeks ago. But they said Mandalorian is only dropping on the day of for everybody because they want everybody to experience it at the same time. And it's smart because that ending would have been spoiled by somebody. It would have been spoiled. And also, it worked. I mean, the internet yeah. today. Holy shit, it the worked. The internet today is like, Mandalorian, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feed me more Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people were complaining too because they used, TMZ used the, the thumbnail of the Yoda and the Mandalorian, which really ruins the fucking assholes. ending. Yeah. That's, that's bullshit. That's classic them. Um, any any speculation on who Carl Weathers is, if Werner Herzog is, or Nick, if Nick Nolte will come back, if that character comes back? I think Nick Nolte is coming back. Yeah. I, I don't think Werner Herzog is Empire. I don't okay. feel like he's with the Empire. Okay. Personally. I don't, well, so like, so like, I, it's a good point. So there's a bunch of stormtroopers around him. Yeah. And the other guy who came out is dressed in an Imperial uniform, the glasses guy. Doctor, was it Pershing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. And he wants the Yoda. He alive. clearly wants the Yoda alive. And he alive. wants it alive, alive. yes. Right. Uh, and so if he's not Empire, or if he's not Imperial, he is working with the Imperials as their representative into the bounty hunter universe the or whatever. But, he's, right. but he, is, he is working with them and possibly has his own... Uh, Side hustle on that as well. Yeah. And we don't mean the Imperials, the 50s doo-wop group. We mean the Imperials. Thank you. Okay, I just want to make sure to clarify. And Carl Weathers is just a, he's a, he's a bounty guy. It's Apollo Creed in the future. It's, it is? No, Drago it's hit him so hard. <laughs> Literally knocked him. I knocked into him into a galaxy far, far. By the way, it's not the future. It's All right, long, it's the past. It's a long time ago. You're right. It's my fault. My fault. It's so much time jumping. Uh, no, I, li- I, I like... Yoda's co- aging backwards. A lot, of, a lot going on here. Yoda button. Uh, I, like that, I like that Carl has that kind of like... Uh, he, he Obviously, he's a, he used to be a bounty hunter probably, and now he's in charge of the bounty hunter. So you saw the hierarchy here initially. And that, that doctor with the glasses... Remember that, always think about it, Star Wars has Nazi influences amongst its evil characters. So um, storm, uh, They're called stormtroopers. Stormtroopers for a reason, right. The First Order thing. Just subtle influences. Yeah, yeah, right. With Force Awakens, the, I mean, that was like Leni Riefenstahl's film, right? The Triumph of the Will. And you go, okay, well then, is this Mengele? Is this the Dr. Mengele who comes in and wants to experiment on this Yoda to turn it into something the Imperial can use? So that's going to be interesting to see if that plays out uh, that way as well. Yeah, I can definitely see a sort of the good the the, the new republic has their jedi mm. we need we lost ours we need to right. we need a new weapon kind of yeah the idea that isn't a death star yeah 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 exactly <laughs> just saying uh, i did think that when the uh when they were when 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 uh the mandalorian and ig11 were sort of storming the yeah the compound and they brought out that big gun and I was like, if they say Death Star Tech, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say it. Death Star Tech, like they said in Last Jedi. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> he got a shot in. He got a shot I didn't oh. say everything in that movie was good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's our. I think that's a good place to stop. That's our episode one spoiler review for The Mandalorian. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Or if you didn't enjoy the show, let us know what you didn't like about the show. Jesus. Shannon, how can you do that? <laughs> If you'd like to follow us on social media and let us know what you liked and what you didn't like on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddy on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddy. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mike on both, it's at MK2. And if you'd like to follow Johnny, 
It is at the Roca says. That's right. Uh, and while you're at it, go and uh, give us some ratings, give us some comments, give us some feedback. We like to hear it. And the more uh, ratings and comments that we get, the higher up we go, and the more people can join us. And then we will be flying high like a Mandalorian in the sky. Oh, well said. You can follow me at the Roca says, like Shannon said. And yes, thanks so much for everybody for downloading this episode. I am out the rest of the week in Australia. The boys are going to handle the Watchmen review. The boys are going to handle the uh, the uh, uh, main show. So enjoy that, and I'll be back next week to talk about uh, more of the Mandalorian, more of the Watchmen. Uh, what's up with those cars? Uh, and uh, Lady True, and uh, and uh, more geek stuff. So take care. Until then, we'll talk to you next time on the Geek Buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.